The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Drivers, start your engine! Strap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. Here to vouch that no one's mom was wrecked to win a championship this weekend. It is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He, as always, is Cody Zeeb. I am Rod Gomez, And ladies and gentlemen, we definitely have wrapped up the 2022 NASCAR season. I am I'm just floored that we're here, Cody. I'm sad that we're here. Uh, it just feels like yesterday we were starting to talk about how glorious this season could be and how fun we were, how much fun we were going to have just going over all of the season. And, and it's over, man. What? <laughs> Why? Oh, it's reached the end. It's kind of, it's, it's just really sad now, you know? I mean, again, it's, it's only 102 days to the Daytona 500, uh, less days to, to the clash, obviously at the Coliseum. I did notice championship odds already starting to trickle out. Daytona 500 odds already starting to trickle out. So we, uh, you know, we've got some offseason stuff planned, plenty of stuff to recap the season, and we can jump right into previewing it, uh, start looking at odds. Hopefully some more more odds trickle out uh, as we get more deeper into the offseason with, uh, you know, team bets and driver bets and all that stuff. And uh, we can just, just keep the grind going. Tell me why championship odds for next season came out faster than next race odds did on, during the regular season. What the hell, man? There were day, there were weeks where we were waiting a couple of days, and now all of a sudden the season's over. Next thing you know, oh look, championship odds are out. What the hell's up with that? Yeah, it's crazy because yeah, I mean there, there was times where it's like uh, we might have to push push our show back a day or, or delay it a few hours because we were just waiting on odds to to drop for a race, and then the checkered flag flies on the season, and boom, next season's odds are up a <laughs> hundred days in advance. It's like oh, I mean thank you, we're you know we're happy about it, but. If we could have seen this uh, this type of stuff during the season, would have been nice too. Yeah, well, maybe maybe they learned their lesson. Maybe they're like, you know what? I, we hear you, NASCAR betting community. We know <laughs> what you want, and that's odds, and that's odds quickly. But uh, yeah, Cody, we are we are done. This season is over. We had three obvious, uh, obviously three races this weekend between the trucks, Xfinity, and the Cup Series to to crown some champions. But before we actually recap all of that and all of our bets. I, I feel like this is the end of the season for us, obviously, but the last episode of the 2022 season, the off season for us begins with this next episode. Just talk about your experience this season versus, because we when we talked about all origin stories, right, and where we came from, we, we told the story of how we became fans and, and how long we've been watching, and obviously people have grown to know that you have been a fan for a very long time, but you've been a fan. Now you are contributing to a community of betters and to to producing content. So how has that changed how you view this sport? And and what was it like this first season for you as a contributor rather than just a fan? It's a uh, it's a big change for sure. Uh, you you got to pay a lot more attention. I mean, I've I've always kind of felt like I'm somebody who pays a lot of attention and and kind of stays on top of things. But you know, then you rely on articles and, and podcasts and shows to kind of update you on everything. And then when you're the guy that's supposed to be updating everybody else, it's like, I got to make sure I'm really on top of it. But 
that's not, I mean, already so enthralled in the sport anyways, not something that, that was hard for me to do at all. Uh, I, I did just like, I mean, how much deeper I dug into stats and looking at things that, to be able to present a case. And, you know, we talked about it multiple times throughout the season. You, you, you kind of feel one way going into something and then you look at the stats and it's like, wow, I, you know, I kind of always thought about it this way, but, but not so much. So kind of getting to see that side of it. And then obviously, I mean, you know, looking at the numbers and, and hearing the feedback from people listening to this show and, and the things people have learned and, you know, people who have started betting on NASCAR or, or started watching it again because they can bet on it and, uh, or even listen to the show if they don't bet on it. Uh, it it's all been great. Oh so, yeah. It's uh, I mean, there is a, a small tiny part of me that's like, okay, this is kind of a break. Not, not quite as though we're still going to have shows and stuff, but not quite as much going on. Um, but at the same time, I'm ready to get into season two of it and uh, and dive headfirst back in because it was, man, it was so much fun. I'm, I mean, <clears throat> I guess in in the past as a fan, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I, you know, I missed the race. Uh, you know, uh, I caught parts of it. I didn't see the whole thing. I just kind of read like, but now one to talk about it and stuff like each and every one, I'm like super in them and, you know, taking notes throughout the races and, and really paying even more attention. So I've enjoyed that that part of it, and uh, yeah, it's been a good time. Obviously, get to hang out with you ten times a week uh, is the best part of it all. Talk talk NASCAR and and all sorts of stuff with you, so that's been a blast. Uh, yeah, you, you this this show was all your vision, and uh, you you put it together, and I'm just glad that you brought me along for the ride. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Cody is going nowhere. The the Fan favorite of the show is going to be back for yet another season. Uh, we did actually lock him up for a lifetime commitment, I think. So uh, might as well go ahead and just uh, and, and keep it locked right here because Cody ain't going anywhere. Uh, believe me, I read the reviews. I, I know where my bread's buttered. You're, you're the reason I keep, the, I keep this show on because you're the fan favorite. So I, I, I'm all right with that. I don't know about that, but uh, I'll, I'll just roll with it anyways. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, from my perspective, I got to tell you, like you guys know, I did take a year off last year uh, from basically well, the last couple of years, really from from steady every every race NASCAR coverage. I, I, I eased myself back into it a few races last year, but I couldn't keep the whole momentum because it's a long season, as you guys well know. But uh, I got to tell you, right from the start, you guys. The amount of support that you showed this show right off the bat, we literally climbed the charts in the SGPN. I mean, you guys don't get to see like ratings and rankings and stuff like that, and that's fine. Uh, that's not for you. That's for us. But just the encouraging fact that we were competing with some of the bigger sports in the network almost immediately and continued to do so all season long was just a testament to you guys and how much you guys have supported us in this crazy little show that we started from the get-go and I mean we're not here to sit here and, and stroke your guys's ego for 45 minutes unless you need that kind of thing uh in which case go ahead and, and tell me we'll put out a special episode and we'll call it ego stroking uh but for the most part look we just want to say thank you because this was sort of just a uh, what if we did this type of a situation and you guys turned it into a three episode a week show uh like I said climbing the ratings for the the network and really have, have made an impact on the bosses and the way they see motorsports and the way it's covered. So, And then the community that grew out of it through us, In Between Media, Full Tank Phil, through Derek Yoder, and just flag, flag hunting Skybox, Rory, all those folks that we ended up making friends with uh, along the way, just invaluable to this community. And I cannot wait for season number two because I got to tell you right now, we, we have the formula. We have the formula. We've got the fan base now it's just time to take this thing straight to the moon in season number two. So, um, again, encouraging, encouraging, encouraging. We just thank you guys for strapping in with us every week to do this. Because, uh, again, you, you, make, you don't realize it, but on this end of it, you are making our dreams come true because I get to do this because you guys listen. So, you know, I, I, like I said, for the ego stroking episode, just go ahead and, and we'll put out a special episode later. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with everything you say. And yeah, I mean, that was the, the most shocking thing was like right o almost right away. I mean, the show just started jumping through the SGPN parts and it was like, whoa, we're like, you know, getting similar numbers to, to these other shows that have already been established in the network and stuff. And so to see that and, and all the people that are, you know, downloading, listening to the episodes, 
has been absolutely amazing. We get tons of feedback through the Discord, through through Twitter, through through other places. Uh, you know, uh, feedback on the show and and how much people like it, and, and you know, and even things that they would like to see or hear. We we've reformatted the show throughout the season uh, multiple times because you know we want more of this. We we like hearing this. We you know and different things, and that you know helps us going forward. So. Uh, you know, if you could be a little light on the criticism, I can only take so much, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, we do appreciate feedback as well. If you have suggestions or, or things you want to hear about. So, I mean, we're coming into the off season now, so, you know, we've got a list of things to talk about it and stuff to cover, but if there's something you have questions on or, or want us to touch on more and stuff like that, definitely hit us up and, uh, and help, help give us ideas and stuff to cover and stuff that you want to hear about. Cause we can uh, do all that stuff as well. We certainly can, and we certainly will. Uh, all right. So it is a, a recap episode. I know it's not on a Monday. I know we normally do recaps on Monday, but obviously we all had to catch our breath. <laughs> this weekend This weekend took a lot out of all of us, especially given the, the immenseness of the entire uh, situation. So we just we took a beat, and now we, we, we decided to push it back because we don't have a betting episode this week, obviously. Um, but we will actually give, give you another episode this week uh, to start breaking down some odds because, look, off-season? the hell's that? We're, 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 we're full-season, all-season, so uh, we'll do that. So, anyways, let's do this. We'll step away, we'll take a break, come back and start breaking down the bets and recapping and talking about what a fantastic, absolutely ridiculously fantastic uh, weekend we were uh, delighted to see this weekend. But let's pay some bills. You ready to win money? Boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertip with Win Rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. You want great promos, odds, payouts? It's all happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. You ready to play? Sign up today. You're going to get a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from. All you got to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions. WinBet.com must be 21 or older and present. Your playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. It was those fabulous quirky trucks that kicked off the weekend on Friday night, and it was the Lucas Oil 150. They ran 150 laps around that mile-paved track, a 150-lap race for the championship. Cody, man... This one, I don't know that I could have asked for a better start to championship weekend because this race had every heart-stopping, pounding, stress-filled lap that you could possibly want, especially in the last few laps, uh, which it was actually 154. There was overtime in this. But in the end, my friend, the good guys won, and we'll go over that in a second. But takeaways from this, man, what, what did you think? We were watching this one together, sort of. Yeah, I think that this was, you know, the best race on the weekend as as far as all four championship guys up front at the end. Yes, Zane Smith, you know, sort of dominated for a little while, won both stages, ultimately wins the race. But at the very end of this, you know, all four guys were in the top four for a hot minute, um, potentially another teammate costing a teammate a championship. I think if Ty Majeski doesn't spin there at the end and cause that to overtime, uh, that Rhodes might have been able to hold Smith off. It would have been would have been tight, maybe a really good race, um, but once the, that restart came, it, Zane Smith was was the guy to beat, and uh, and he was not beaten. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think that this was the best race of the three on the weekend, um, the most competitive, and obviously we got the the dramatic finish with all four guys being up there at the end um, until the Majeski spin. But uh, but yeah, this was a great race. Zane Smith had a great season. I, I will say that. I think all three of these champions are, are fairly well deserving. I think they all had very good seasons to great seasons. Even uh, were some of the most dominant cars in their respective series, and uh, 
And so I, th- I think that it was a good weekend in that aspect. Um, great to see Zane Smith win it. He, he finished second the last two years in a row. So that's got to be tough on a guy. Um, but, but yeah, to, to finally come through, get the victory. Um, and yeah, the, just the racing in this race, a short race, it started super late for whatever reason. Uh, but, but the racing was great throughout the night and especially at the end. So, uh, this was the one I enjoyed the most. And not coincidentally, maybe we cashed the most bets on this one as well. <laughs> uh, I would say we did, as a matter of fact. So go ahead and break down our bets. Let's uh, let's start with yours. Yeah, so I had uh, Ty Majeski over Chandler Smith, um, fading Chandler Smith, and, and didn't when I didn't really mean to. Obviously, all three were or all four were there at the end. Uh, Majeski ends up being the one that that spins out, loses the handle there at the end. So he finished all the way back in twentieth. Uh, Chandler was the worst of the other three, I guess. Um, or yeah. So finishing third of those three. So, uh, uh, this one had as good of a chance as anything else did. Um, and so I don't necessarily, you know, think that it was a bad bet. Uh, and this one was at plus, yeah, it was at plus one Oh five. So you were getting plus money on it. That was really the reason I went with it was, uh, getting the plus money on, a championship guy against another championship guy felt like you couldn't pass that up and kind of a coin toss there at the end so missed out on it but uh one of one close one for the weekend hey but you were right for the better part of the night i mean it was majeski around the front it wasn't he didn't lead any laps but he was certainly there all, all race long and I mean, for as much as Chandler Smith was, I mean, he led nine laps. Chandler Smith did, yeah, that was that was good. But he wasn't nearly as competitive, obviously, as the other one. And even John Hunter Nemechek. I mean, forty-four laps. John Hunter Nemechek ran. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second. But even he was more competitive than Chandler Smith throughout the course of the day. So, um, not yep. a bad bet. Well, just- that all night they just kept talking about how much, how good Chandler was there last year, and I'm like. Oof, man, I was starting to sweat those bets a little. I'm like, ah, I hope it's not the case this year. And it wasn't. I mean, he he definitely didn't have the truck that he did last year in that race. Uh, unfortunate for him. But, man, so close on, on cash on that one. Indeed. Uh, but I did actually manage to cash one. Uh, and that was Stuart Friesen, my favorite actual Canadian from Canada, over Grant Enfinger. This one had me sweating the whole night long, too, because I just Grant Enfinger... He wouldn't go away, and in fact, he didn't go away. Stuart Friesen finished fifth, thanks to, in large part to that last uh, restart. Grant Enfinger finished sixth. So it's not how many; it's just that it happened, uh, and 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 that was a plus money bet, also at plus one hundred. So Stuart Friesen over Grant Enfinger. Like I said, those last few restarts, man, I was just holding my breath because I mean. Not only did we have the winner on the line, but with Stuart Friesen battling with Enfinger and, and everybody else, for that matter, uh, around that the, the front, I was just like, can we just put the checker done? Please, I want this to end now. Yeah, no kidding. And Friesen actually made a pit call there late. I think they just stayed out when some other guys pitted. He thought maybe he'd have a chance. He kind of got swallowed up quickly with the, the old tires. But uh, yeah, Friesen had a good day. I mean, third in stage one with Enfinger in seventh and then right next to each other with Enfinger 7th and Friesen 8th in Stage 2. Uh, so you knew they were going to kind of battle it out all day. But uh, again, plus money, you hit this one. Very, very nice hit on your part. Uh, next up for me, again, championship drivers. Wanted to go with the plus odd side of things. I took Zane Smith over Chandler Smith. This one was all the way up at plus 120. Looking back, I'm not sure what they were thinking about the pricing on this. Uh, but glad we got down on it because Zane, as we talked about, had the most dominant truck of the night. He was the guy to beat and uh, and was able to, to hold on to it there at the end. Obviously, he wins, and then Chandler comes in third. So not by a big margin, but good enough to catch the plus 120. So I will take it. Yeah, pit strategy also had this next one looking uh, a little bit hazy for me as well, and that was Zane over John Hunter Nemechek. Nemechek, like I said, ran 44 laps in front of the pack. Not a bad little night for uh, that truck and, and you know not being in contention but still being in in line for the race, that four truck uh, was doing work. He led from, uh, what, a lap from 49 to 49, then back again 32 laps from lap 55 to lap 86. Turn around and uh, and try to try to jockey once more with Zane uh, over there in lap 137, but then uh, lost it to Stuart Friesen when Friesen uh, stayed out. Then it was Ben Rhodes, Chandler Smith, and Zane Smith, and of course Zane Smith found his way back to the front when it mattered over those last two laps of the race. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, that pit call had me sweating bullets because he was back. I think he was outside of the top ten, right? Zane Smith was in those in those last few laps. Uh, and then after all those restarts, he just started working his way back up through the pack and ultimately found his way to the front again. Yeah, again, the multiple restarts helped him huge. Uh, but the the amount of spots he was able to pick up on each restart was just incredible. It was like, you know, I mean, it was in that bright orange car. So it was just like you could see the flame ball coming through the field. And <laughs> and it did that for sure. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit of a sweat with the pit strategy late. But, again, Zane, Zane had the best car. Uh, so we, we were kind of all over him. That, that w- turned out well. I had picked uh, Ty Majeski to win the race in the championship, uh, plus 350 to win the race. Again, he was he was in the mix there at the end. I don't think he, he probably really had the less, least amount of shot of all drivers uh, just because he never really got up to the front there. Uh, he was hanging with them, but, but not really challenging to the win. Uh, but then I also picked his teammate, Ben Rhodes, plus 1,200 to win the race, plus 475 to win the championship. He's has it. He's leading. He's he's gonna hold Zane Smith off. His teammate just loses it, going too hard. Ty Majeski spins out. Caution flag. Obviously, Zane Smith gets around him. That twelve to one was feeling good. I knew it was mispriced. You're gonna put the defending champion, who won. He didn't win the race that last year, but he won the championship in that race uh, last year. And yeah, you're just not giving him any respect to twelve to one. It felt off. And it definitely was because Rhodes had a chance, didn't have the best car all night, um, but he had put himself in position, was leading with two. I think there was two laps to go, or I think that was one of the the final, the one before the final, green-white checkered. Uh, and and had he just been able to get back to the line, get that white flag before Majeski goes, I think he I think he either would have held off Zane Smith, they might have wrecked each other, and <laughs> and it ended up being Chandler that wins. But, uh, man, I, and I thought at the end of the race – uh, I thought the three of them might take each other out and Majeski might still win the thing. Like it could have, it could have happened there the way as hard as they were racing those last couple laps, but, uh, so close on the roads, 12 to one, that would have been a nice one to hit. But, uh, since I didn't hit, luckily we had you to, to take that from me. Indeed. Well, look, he, he, though, eight laps, man, those eight laps, that 12 to one was looking quite nice out there. And of course, obviously the last restart did everybody in except for, Zane Smith, who I had at plus 400 to win the race. He did. Uh, We talked about it before. 77 laps he led of the 154 out there. Just, you know, was the dominant truck all race long. uh, Led stage one, led stage two, and then just ended up uh, winning the race altogether. But here's the thing about Zane Smith. That was about as gritty of a championship win that you'll ever see. Because he did have to overcome so much over there in the last 20, 20, 30 laps in that uh, in that race. Because it looked like it was in hand for a minute. And then it looked like John Hunter Nemechek might sail away with it as well. Uh, and then it looked like maybe Stuart Friesen would sail away with it uh, until he kind of lost the ground. Then it looked like Ben Rhodes was going to sail away with it. But caution after caution after caution gave Ben or gave Zane Smith... The opportunity to just sort of whittle away and 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 make that last final call to put tires on, uh, which, as we saw in in uh, in the other series, pit stops, man, <laughs> they weren't always uh, your favorite uh, friend. So to to take that chance and to do that and to come back and win, that says a lot about what Zane Smith did, and it's good to watch him uh, uh, actually take the championship, man. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we already kind of mentioned it, but a guy that had a great season was one of the best cars, if not the best car all season, kind of went back and forth between him and John Ernemichek for the most part. Uh, so it was good to see him get it again, second place, two years in a row, making it to the final four is one thing. Then just being that close to it two times, that's rough. So to finally get that checkered flag, get that championship trophy has to feel good for him. Uh, so yeah, congratulations to Zane Smith, 2022 truck series champion. Indeed. He'll begin his, uh, quest for the repeat next year. Uh, so we'll put a curtain on that one and get ready for 2023 in the next episode. Let's move on Cody. Cause there was yet another race Saturday night in Phoenix. It was the 2022 Xfinity series championship. <laughs> okay. There's, there's mixed feelings on this one. 
Okay. Big gonna, time. Big time. So, uh, I mean, obviously, we, we made fun of Ty Gibbs a lot last week. We had a lot of fun with that. And we'll continue to do that in the next season, I'm sure. But we're all human beings. These race car drivers are human beings. Uh, I am glad that these bets did not win and that Ty Gibbs won that championship. He got to have that moment with his family. I mean, him and his mom and his dad took a picture with the trophy on the front stretch. Who would have known that that'd be one of the last pictures they ever get together? Obviously, if you've not seen the news, Coy Gibbs, Ty's dad, uh, Joe Gibbs' son, did not wake up uh, on Sunday morning after that. Uh, just, man, heartbreaking for that family. Uh, Joe lost his only other son, J.D., I believe it was two years ago at the same age, 49, just so, so weird that they, they would both go at the same age. Uh, JD had cancer. Um, and so Joe already lost one son that way. Ty lost his uncle that way, uh, you know, and then for them to lose you know, you go from the highest of highs, you just won the championship. You shut everybody up. They were talking about you all week, all this stuff. It doesn't matter. You're the champion. Now You're celebrating that with your family. And then to wake up to just the worst news you could possibly ever have. Very, very sad thing. Um, and so, yeah, again, you know, these guys are human beings too. And just not something you wish on anyone to go through. Um, and so, you know, as much shit as we did give Ty Gibbs, you know, it's fun to poke fun at him and have fun with it. But he, he was a deserving champion. He had a great season, uh, ran the race of his freaking life. He was the class of the field on Saturday. Uh, earned it for sure. He didn't rough rough anybody up, anything like that. So he earned it. And then obviously, you know, looking back on it, knowing that that he got to at least have that moment with his dad uh, and that time to celebrate, uh, that that's just an awesome feel-good story on top of, you know, as as bad of a story and as, as sad and heartbreaking as it was. Yeah. I mean, again, th there's just so much to unwrap in that. And I couldn't even fathom any of that, the emotion of any of that. The, tw the 24 hours that he went through, uh, I, like I said, we just, as much as we love to, to rib folks, obviously this is the one time where we'll just go ahead and, and save it all for next season after cooler heads have prevailed. But to recap the race in general, you're absolutely right, Cody. He was by far the best car on the track, 125 laps out of the 200 he led. And here's the thing. There were so many opportunities for him to be the villain again. He had so many opportunities to be the bad guy. He did not. So if we're going to talk about redemption, and I'm always one for forgiveness, I, I preach it all the time, like I'm, I'm ready to forgive because I'm not somebody that likes to hold on to grudges very long. So he proved that in the biggest of situations, he can learn a lesson and, and learn to race a little cleaner. So do I believe that he was 100% repentant? I think, I think no. there was, I was going to say, I think there was a tinge of, of, you know, not necessarily, but I believe that he, he now, I mean, listen, after these circumstances, That'll humble even the most proud person in the world. So I'm kind of looking forward to what he's learning from this now taking into it as racing. But for that brief moment, he was the champion. And like, like you said, he had the race car to do it. Hardly anybody was able to touch him all race long. And there were people that tried. There were people that tried. There were people that almost did it. Uh, but he continued to be the dominant car. And, and so hats off to Ty Gibbs. And we talked about him in the beginning of the season, too. We said, watch out for this kid. And and sure enough, here he is. Yeah, we, yeah, and that was before we were even covering the Xfinity series. I mean, we just mentioned it in passing. Like, they hadn't even announced he was getting a full-time ride. We said, if you end up seeing any futures on him, take him now. He is freaking good. I think he's won, was it 11 of 54 career Xfinity stars? I mean, that's amazing. Um, and you have to keep in mind, too, he's a 19-year-old kid. Like, it's not, you know, when he's got this big limelight on him uh, of coming up through the series, first of all, he's this great talent. Oh, he's Joe Gibbs' grandson, super, or, you know, three-time Super Bowl winning head coach, NFL Hall of Fame head coach, NASCAR Hall of Fame car owner, like all of this spotlight. And then here's his grandson, and oh my goodness, he's incredibly talented on top of it. And so he's just thrust out there and into that. And 
And yes, that's that comes along with the territory of this business. But at the same time, think back to when you were 19 and maybe, you know, there's probably some stuff you would have handled a little differently, <laughs> I, you know, and you didn't have the spotlight on you every second of every day and and everybody criticizing every word and, and things you do. So but yeah, I mean, drove the hell of a race, too. And like Noah Gregson all week, I loved it. He was just would not stop. And I, I think he was trying to play head games, get in Ty's head and, you know, Ty, he said he, he would wreck him. And it, you, you have to think that makes Ty, you know, be like watching his back the whole time. One little mistake, but he went out there, he put that helmet on. He, he looked forward only didn't, didn't look back at all. And just absolutely annihilated the field, earned every piece of that race, win every piece of that championship. Um, and so, yeah, again, obviously looking back, knowing what we know now, uh, um, you know, it's even more of a feel good story. So definitely a big congrats to, to Ty Gibbs. Uh, as far as the betting side of it, I'm just going to throw out both my first two bets. I had Gregson over him minus 140, all over him plus 100. I was on the fade Ty Gibbs train. We talked about it. We didn't like what he did at Martinsville. We didn't like what he said on Sirius XM. Um, but it, again, uh, we're just wrong here. He, he came out, had the best car, uh, and easily beat everyone. And, you know, these, these are bets. I look back and I, and I'm glad that I lost due, due to the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, and spoiler alert that no, I didn't win any of my, uh, matchups either <laughs> in, in this one as well. Uh, I had started out with, uh, Austin Hill over Sheldon Creed and this one, man, I don't even know what happened. I mean, Sheldon Creed, my favorite non-Canadian Canadian from California and, uh, finished sixth in this race. I mean, really did a hell of a job uh, all, all, all race long. He started eighth, um, and he was definitely just around there, around the front, and he didn't necessarily go anywhere. And that's that's something about Sheldon Creed because Creed, he's had such a, a ridiculously frustrating last few races in general and just uh, races at all. Uh, he ended up finishing fourth in stage one, tenth in stage two, so he was running around that the entire time, uh, whereas Austin Hill finished ninth. So it wasn't like it was that far off, but still, Sheldon Creed was definitely running in the front all race long. And this, this at no point I was ever sure that this was going to cash. Yeah, well, and I mean, we talked about it when we were breaking it down last week and all season, he finished a race. And that that's the key part, part of this. It's, it's not that we didn't think he could do it. We've been talking about how he's going to win a race soon. I expect him to win multiple Xfinity Series races next year coming back in this car. I I fully expect a great season from Sheldon Creed. We know the talent is there. We've seen that through the Truck Series. We've seen it in the Xfinity Series. It was just the bad luck of not being able to finish the races, and they put one together and finished it. He still only beat him by three spots, so it's not like it was that far off anyways. But again, you were almost just relying on Sheldon Creed doing Sheldon Creed things and not being able to finish even though we ran well all day, good for him. He was able to finish and at least carry that into the offseason. Hopefully they can build on that going into next season. Uh, obviously our, our favorite Canadian via California, uh, and and we want to see him do good. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, again, for, for where it was at and the way we've seen Hill run lately, I like the bet as well. Yeah, I liked this next bet until I didn't, and that was Sammy Smith over A.J. Allmendinger. That was a plus money bet at plus 100. This one was cashing all day long. I mean, Almondinger was in 16th, running around the middle of the pack, if not the back of the pack, most of the day, just just there. I mean, nobody was talking about him at all for all race long. And then here comes Sammy Smith. He leads 10 laps in this race, and he's running around. He started second, like literally had one of the better cars all day long, just there in the front. And I thought, okay, well, Almondinger is checked out. He's not going to finish this race well. He's not going to make a charge. He's just going to be content to roll around and finish this race. <laughs> Why did I give my favorite driver that little credit? He turns around. He doesn't pit, right? And this is one of the, I think he either didn't pit or he took two tires in a pit stop and, and wound up finishing fifth. He started 16th, finished fifth, but he wasn't anywhere near the front. I mean, Look, he was the 10th ten, place at the end of stage one, but that's only because he started uh, just outside of the, the top 10 and made his way there. But wasn't even in, or he was eighth place in stage two. Still, that wasn't, you know, that was where he finished these stages, and that was a lot of pit strategy too. So I don't know. It just, 
all day long, AJ Allmendinger was not in the mix. Sammy Smith was, and then at the end of the day, he uh, he finishes fifth because he just manages to say, "Hey, I'm going to start driving now, so let's go." Yeah, and I don't even uh, how Sammy Smith ended up finishing tenth even still astonishes me. But this looked like the bet of all bets. I mean, Thursday he comes out. He was was he f- fastest or second fastest in practice, so he looked really good. Started, I believe, second place, so he was you know right there on the front row with Ty Gibbs. And it was like, okay, here we go. Like he wins the Arca race Friday before the Xfinity series race. And it was like, okay, you know, and, and then he looked good at the start. You know, he was top 10 and beating Almondinger both stages. Then he got into a pitching match with Sam Mayer. They have a little history from Arca days as well. Uh, and I think that just carried over and they got mad at each other and kind of just rammed each other out of the way at some point there. But for Smith to recover and end up 10th was, you know, a good, good run by him there at the end. But, he, he was fast, and he looked good. Uh, you know, had it ended in stage two, you'd have cashed it. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out in the end. But uh, I was all aboard Noah Gregson to win this race. Plus 170 to win. He was plus 190 for the championship. Loved both of those. Absolutely hammered him this weekend. Uh, just didn't quite have enough. He got close. He thought if he, maybe he gets there, maybe he gives him the bumper, maybe he shoves him out of the way. He said all week he was going to do it. And maybe maybe the mind games were reversed and it got into his head a little too much. I, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but it did stink to see him, you know, coming second after the end of the season that he had uh, just dominating fashion. Um, but again, with the circumstances, you know, good to see Gibbs win. So I also had Austin Hill 30 to one, um, you know, and for a guy that finished ninth place, 30 to one, a late restart or two couple things changed he could have been right there in the mix uh you'll take that for a guy at 30 to 1 and you know it's funny because i i I love that you had said that basically uh the the head games got into him because you saw how dejected he was at the end because he knew he had the best car all season he just he did like all season long he knew it was the best car Uh, and unfortunately i think he may have psyched himself out because he had a chance he had more than a chance to be able to make a run for it at the end you know i thought I almost I wondered if we were going to see him do the the Ross Chastain move going into the final corner. I mean, he gassed it up pretty good and then you know, he just was dive bombing trying to get to his quarter panel or something and and didn't but I I thought for a second it ran through my mind. I'm like, "Oh, he's going to do it." And then now uh, he just, you know, was was trying to catch him and just he he was stalking him. He was right there. He just couldn't quite get to him. I think had he gotten to him, I think he would have put the bumper to him. Uh, but he, he wasn't, he never got the, the full on chance to just be able to do it. Yeah. He could not, there's just not enough speed in that, in that car to, to catch up to Ty Gibbs. Cause Ty Gibbs had all the speed in the world. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, Josh Berry did not have all the speed in the world. In fact, he finished 13th in this race. Just, uh, just a very of disappointing all the championship drivers this weekend. He was like the most out to lunch, like never had any chance ever to even sniff anything close to it. It didn't seem like No, it, it was yeah, ridiculous. It was, it was rough because he didn't, yeah, he didn't even lead he didn't lead any laps. He finished in the, in the stages. He finished uh, four. he did finish fourth in stage one. So not bad, but then back to stage or two or 10th in stage two. So yeah, I mean, Josh Berry just did not, did not factor into this mix. Started ninth, finished 13th. Just a rough go for yep. Josh. And he did have a bad pit stop, got him stuck in traffic. And then, I mean, it's, he seemed like he was just like a, a pinball back there. He was bouncing off cars and almost wrecking multiple times. And he just was never able to recover from that. And just uh, really not a factor all day, which was kind of surprising, I guess. Looking back at it, maybe, maybe Ty Gibbs is the ultimate genius. You put three JRM cars in there and they have to split their resources three ways, trying to figure out, and they all three fall short. Uh, you know, maybe that maybe that was the play, and maybe Gibbs is is uh, playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Who knows? Yeah, or maybe mahjong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Once again, congratulations, Ty Gibbs. You are the Xfinity Series champion, uh, and and definitely a, a dominant day. I loved how Rick Allen the whole race. He's going to be racing full time in the Cup Series next year. I'm like. 
you know something i mean yes everybody assumes that but he was saying it so matter-of-factly like oh yeah you know he's gonna be racing full-time and i'm like oh maybe rick allen knows something we don't know for sure yet who knows no nah, i'd like to think he does as a matter of fact yeah. i mean maybe we would call it i too. mean i think that you know it's gonna be obviously him in the 18 car but uh, <laughs> it's gotta be you never know <laughs> there's now there's no other uh, possibility at this point so yeah i don't think so uh all right speaking of the 18 car we will move over to what houses the 18 car here in a second but let's break for a second and tell you about the sgpn merch store Get your holiday shopping done early at the SGPN merch store. SGPN gear is perfect stocking stuffer for that DGen in your life. Got to get yourself a NASCAR gambling podcast, anything. I don't care if it's a hat, if it's a mug, if it's a sweater, if it's a hoodie. Make sure you load up on your NASCAR gambling podcast stuff. And not to mention, if we're talking about sweaters, you still got some time. Those holiday parties are rolling in and you want your holiday sweaters. There is a fantastic looking SGPN Let It Ride Christmas sweater in the merch store right this second. You got to check it out and you got to get yourself one because you need to be the coolest DJ at your Christmas party with our very own Let It Ride sweater. Plus, from now until Thanksgiving, you can get 10% off when you use the promo code Dallas sucks. That's store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Promo code Dallas sucks. You know where we stand as a company. I heard uh, I heard Ryan Kramer talking on the the main the sports gambling podcast show, and he goes, he goes, you know the best thing about owning your own company, you can make these promo codes whatever the hell you want them to be. <laughs> I was like, well, he's he's got a pretty good point there. So Dallas sucks. It is. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you know, Cowboys fan. It's it's the company motto. So I don't I don't even know what to say. I, I'm sorry, Dallas fans, but this is just the way it is in SGPN world. That's how it is. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. So, again, it was the championship weekend. Cody, I don't know how you feel, but I I don't know. I mean, I, I felt like we had two of the best appetizers in the planet, and then they brought the main course out, and it was not whelming at all. Like, literally, there was just, oh, yeah, this is a great dish, but it wasn't yeah. as great as the appetizers. The whole day was just weird. I mean, the the Koi Gibbs thing, obviously, just put a cloud over the whole place. I mean, rumors started flying around in the morning. You're hearing different things. You know, t- you know Ty's not going to race. They're scrambling around, trying to figure out what drivers are still at the track, who can fit in the car. Uh, I mean, that's what it came down to. You have, you have a Chevy driver in Dan O'Hemrick getting into a Toyota ride. Uh, there was a Twitter back and forth between Toyota and Chevy talking about, you know, we're, we're a family, you know, you know, thanks Chevy for letting him jump into the Toyota and all that. So that was great to see everybody just working together. That's one thing about racing. You see that a lot. I saw it at a sprint car event last week, two guys going for the championship and one of the guys damaged his car and the other guy's crew was over there helping him fix the car so he could get out and compete against them for the championship because just something that the racing community, you know, they they want to race each other and and have it done on the track and stuff. So just seeing everybody come together like that was great. But then obviously they officially announced it right before driver intros. There's a moment of silence at the track for Coy Gibbs. And it just it, it left a cloud hanging over the whole day of just, you know, it, it, it you know, it makes you realize obviously, you know, life is bigger than than racing and the you know, and it just it made it feel like it wasn't such a big deal because you get that reality check of, you know, you don't know when your last chance is going to be and stuff like that. And so, and then that's a good check to have. I mean, we all need that and we need to make sure we're, you know, tell your family members you love them and, and, you know, enjoy the time you have because you never know when you don't just wait, you just don't wake up and it's sad and it just happens just like that. Um, so the day just kind of started weird like that. And then it just, I mean, the championship four started all over the place. Joey was on the pole. The way I I said it in the Discord on Sunday morning, I, I said, I just feel like this is a Joey Logano day. Uh, and it was. I mean, the way he was so confident all week, like, we are going to win this. That nobody's going to come close to us. And he was right. He dominated that race. Um, and just it was not competitive from the other championship guys, really. I mean, Elliott starts sixth. 
Chastain was a ways back. Bell was a ways back. Bell was horrible in practice. Uh, and then obviously that's a, a Joe Gibbs team. You've got that cloud all over things. Jackson Gibbs, JD's son, so Coy's nephew, uh, you know, was changing tires for, I think he, or he's the Jackman, I think, for Christopher Bell. So he was still out there, but, you know, he's part of the team. And then obviously the whole team and Gibbs family, they're all hurting from that. So all that was kind of going on. And then, you know, there's 100 laps left. I was starting to feel a little bit okay about some of my Elliott bets. They, they kind of played pit strategy right. And then the thing with Chastain, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> that rule is silly about the changing lanes things because they don't really enforce it. I would say it's probably Elliott's fault more than anything. I think Chastain could have cut him a break. But he might have got dumped then from behind as well. And, you know, there's 100 laps left in a championship race. Are you cutting a championship competitor breaks? I don't really blame him for that. I was pissed off right when it happened. Of course, I'm like, what the? Because it looked like he just, you know, and then they slowed down, showed the replays. I'm like, eh, yeah. maybe it was his fault. But that that really ended Elliott's day. I mean, he went two laps down at that point, and his car wasn't full strength. So unless catastrophic stuff happened to the other three. He wasn't going to have a chance. And then Bell just really wasn't in the mix all day. Chastain kind of had a little bit for Joey, but he was never going to catch him. And he didn't really, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it sucks that Ryan Blaney didn't win that race. Cause he should have, uh, I don't know if you heard, did you hear Roger Penske come on the radio? No, 10 laps, 10 laps to go. Blaney was Blaney was looking like he was going to pass Lagano, which he could have done. Easily. Blaney could have passed him won the race, and Joey's still the champion finishing second. But Penske comes on the radio and says, you're his wingman now, buddy. Let's bring it home or something like that to, to Ryan Blaney, basically saying, hey, you make sure nobody catches him and you stay behind him. Ryan Blaney seems to get the shit end of the stick in that because he didn't win the Daytona 500 because he didn't want to wreck Cindric, and then he waited too late, and then Cindric blocked him late. All that stuff for Penske, man. But whatever anyways <laughs> so yeah obviously joey logano wins the championship a couple of uh statistics that that i found here that are incredible when you think about them uh first of all penske won the indycar championship and the nascar cup series championship that is incredible for an owner to i mean granted he's the richest owner of them all but for 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 success like that in both of those motorsports you know and to win both championships that's great. Um, it was, let's see, trying to find all this stuff that it's crazy because so there is only, this was the first time Ford has won two championships with a driver since David Pearson did it in 68 and 69. So you think of all these guys that have driven Fords, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski. I mean, Mark Martin obviously never won a championship, but all these great Ford drivers throughout the years, and since David Pearson in 1969, none of them have won two championships. Uh, then you dig a little farther into two championships. There's only 17 drivers in the history of NASCAR that have won more than one championship. Wow. Joey Logano is now on that list with only 17 drivers. You broke that down, and Dale Tanhart from the Garage Guys uh, broke it down. 47% of those drivers won their multi-titles before 1969. So that means in since so in 53 years since 1969, we've only had nine multi-time champions. Wow, that is incredible. Now, granted, Dale Earnhardt hogged up seven of those. Jimmy Johnson hogged up seven of those. <laughs> that makes it hard. But I mean, you think about all the guys in the sport that have won championships, and there's only a few on that nine nine drivers on that list. You've got. You know, Terry Labonte, Kyle Busch, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, obviously. Um, but th those are the more recent guys that have done it. But of all the guys to have won championships and been so good in NASCAR, only nine of them have won it multiple times since 1969. He said, Dale Tanhart in, in his, twi uh, his tweet said, next level elite. And that really summarizes that. Like, absolutely incredible feat by Joey Logano who is a young, it's crazy. He's been around so long. He was thrust into that 20 car when Tony Stewart left to start his own team at 18 years old uh, for Joe Gibbs Racing. And it was just like, man, man, he's been around 
forever, it seems like. And he's still a super young driver, super talented. Obviously, when new things come around, it's just his thing to, to win them. Um, so, yeah, just amazing what Joey Logano has been able to do in his career. Now being a multi-time champion, was already headed to the Hall of Fame, but he sealed his ballot now for sure. Uh, and we'll have no problem getting there. But, uh, yeah, it, again, the worst race on the weekend. Starting off with the bad news, kind of just put a haze over the day. And it was Joey Logano's day, and he wasn't going to be denied, and he was not denied. Well, you talk about Penske. I mean, they led 187 through Joey Logano and 109 through Ryan Blaney. Nobody else came close to leading anything near that. Chase Briscoe led 11. That was it. <laughs> Cole Custer actually yeah, led so three. That was a that was a way out of the box. You had Polly over there getting crazy about that too. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, they just absolutely dominated. And so it's crazy because you go back and you got Josh Berry locks himself in before anybody else into the final four has all this time to prepare, you know, and he's out to lunch all day. doesn't even come sniff the championship. And then in, in the cup series, Joey Logano, first one to lock himself in, you ask him, what are the most important races of the season? And he'll tell you it's the first race in the round of eight where you can lock yourself in before everybody else and the championship race. And that's the two they took seriously, locked himself in early, Gave him three weeks to toy with stuff. Obviously, the longer practice session, he was fast right out of the gate and never looked back. Never looked back. And again, it's just a dominating, dominating race by him. Uh, and, and you know, but hats off, and we'll talk about it in a second to all the other guys too. Uh, Christopher Bell made something of a conversation out of things every once in a while. And then Ross Chastain, I'll definitely go into him in a little bit but uh let's start going over the bets because we did make bets on this race well kevin harvick top 10 told you it's the most automatic thing you're going to get he had done it 18 times in a row at phoenix he's now done it 19 times in a row it was minus 167 i think it was like minus 600 or 800 on another book when we talked about it and it was like make sure you get in on this quickly he finished fifth but he was uh, up there all day i mean uh, eighth in stage one, fifth in stage two. It was never really out of the question that he was going to finish in the top 10. Um, we, he ran a stellar race like he always does at Phoenix. Uh, obviously, we saw a lot of speed from Fords. They had uh, four drivers in the top five, Harvick being one of them. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was the one bet we made, and have a good night. Yep. Oh, just <laughs> I guess there was some others that we didn't quite. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It was one bet over the day and good night. That that's true though. Cause that Kevin Harvick, we knew we probably should just end. We should have ended with that one. <laughs> that like, should have just been the show last week. Kevin Harvick, top 10 minus 167. Have a good week. See you guys. Go Let's go racing. Let, let it ride. Uh, yeah. no, unfortunately we did have other, other bets as well. Uh, I gave you Tyler Reddick to finish over Bubba Wallace and Look, Reddick actually did good things uh, for the for the most part of the race. Unfortunately, he didn't get the finish uh, that we wanted out of him because, unfortunately, he did not finish over Bubba Wallace. Cody, where did they finish? Oh, yeah. Bubba Wallace, 22nd. Tyler Reddick, 23rd. <laughs> womp, womp. Yeah, and it just, I mean, Reddick outran him all day. Reddick was in the top 10 in both stages. Bubba was not. Uh, Reddick spun at one point in that race, I believe that that was the main issue there. Um, and so yeah, I, he was beating him all day, and then still almost got him at the end there, one spot short. Uh, obviously, they'll be teammates next year. Um, but man, that uh, this was one I felt really confident in. I was glad you gave this one out. I really liked this one, and just it looked good all day, and then got you at the end. Looked fantastic all day. So thanks, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> uh next up for me i had uh another similar situation i had kyle larson over denny hamlin denny hamlin comes in eighth kyle larson in ninth um these guys were both pretty good all day um kind of looking back at the stages you know really larson was fourth in stage one he was running up there uh eighth in stage two denny was not in the top 10 in either of those stages denny kind of came into the picture late there in the race and ended up snagging a decent finish. Larson ends up in ninth. Uh, had a better car than that all day, so it was looking pretty decent. I also had Larson as the top Chevy um, at plus 650. I felt like there was some some good value on that. Ends up as the third Chevy on the board. 
Chastain and Byron both end up finishing above him. So just was not Larson's day. Like I thought we did, we did talk about it last week. We didn't, that we had seen nothing but the top four be the best in the cup series year in and year out. We talked about it. We didn't think that was going to be the case. That's why we thought there was some value here. We got really close to hitting some of these bigger bets. Very, very close really. Um, and it just, it, it didn't quite pan out. We, we were correct on the top four, not being the top four, because that, that was the case for sure. Um, it just didn't quite pan out the way that we thought it would. Yeah. And again, it's just a frustrating day for pit stop strategies for all kinds of crazy stuff that was going on. I mean, there wasn't too many late, there was no late race cautions, by really, uh, it was green from the last, what, 280 to 312. The, the yeah, caution. There was very, very little cautions at all throughout the day. I mean, a couple of incidents here and there, but not no cardboard spotted anywhere. <laughs> Nothing. No, I mean, again, that, that wreck on lap 194 that took out the 8, the 23, the 34, and the 43, um, that was one of the bigger ones of the day, so definitely uh, not good. But I had one that I thought was going to go well, too, for the longest time. And that was Martin Truex Jr. over Kyle Busch. And all of a sudden, Kyle Busch finds a way to find his way into the top 10. He started 22nd, ran in the back the entire, and I mean, Cody, the entire race. The 18 car was nowhere near the top 10, and either of the stage finishes could not be found on the track all day long. He comes in seventh at the end of the race. How on God's green earth did that happen? And Truex comes in 15th when he was running around in the top of the, the racetrack uh, in, in his. He finished, what, sixth in stage one, fourth in, or third in stage two, finishes 15th. Cody, what the hell? I'm not going to say that I've tried to tell you about Martin Truex <laughs> Jr. this year, but, uh, you know, he's retired and it came into effect. Uh, Kyle obviously reached down, found that final bag of M&M's. <laughs> Just enough fuel to get him past Truex and end up in seventh. Uh, that was a cool car. I don't know if you saw the detail on his car. It was it looks cool on TV, but then if you got up close, it was like pictures uh, of him throughout the years, all this stuff with JGR and Toyota and M&Ms, and that was all cool. Um, obviously, just, man, already a sad day, him leaving Joe Gibbs Racing and all that. Then you throw in, in the Gibbs news on top of that. Just a very sad day for that organization overall. Uh, next up for me, I, I had a couple of top forward bets here, and these were actually some pretty good bets. Uh, Chase Briscoe top forward at fourteen to one. Brad Keselowski twenty eight to one. The forward fires caught Keselowski late in this race. Um, he was running well and having a pretty good day. Uh, he was, you know, not necessarily in the top ten, but he was in the top fifteen, kind of hanging around for a while. That fire that we've seen in Ford cars all season for whatever reason got him, and he had to bail and. and didn't finish well, um, but Chase Briscoe, man, he looked like he maybe even had a shot to win this race for a little bit there. Ends up in fourth place, the third forward, unfortunately, on the on the track with the, the Penske guys being quick. But at 14-1, to 1, that one I feel like had really good value. For as close as it got, it was close, just just not quite there with with the, uh, the Penske Fords being as fast as they were all day. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for Logano and Blaney, that Briscoe thing could have very easily. I mean, again, he led eleven laps. You you put all those Fords together, and they led all but what four, four five laps total in the race. It's just insane to think that that was actually a thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, Crazy. we we called it. You called it. It was it was a good Ford race, but just not the right Fords. Uh, which kind of leads into my next category, and that was Eric Almarola as the winner of Group C which he ended up being because Group C was Keselowski, it was Bowman, and it was Daniel Suarez in that Group C. Suarez finished 24th, just had nothing. Like, Trackhouse was great with Chastain, but you could tell that they gave everything they had to Ross to win that race because Suarez just had no no speed whatsoever all day long. Uh, like I said, finished 24th, and then Keselowski was probably the one that was pushing this the most, uh, but he did get catch on fire, finished 35th. Bowman, uh, he was part of of a, a, a spin there on lap 269, and it took him out of the running. Uh, basically, he he was running at the end of the race, but not very well. So 
that did give Eric Almarola, who uh, came in with a 20th place finish, still the best in that group at plus 260. Yeah, that's a great hit by you. Saves a little bit of, of losing on the rest of the stuff, hitting a plus 260. So props to you on that. Um, I was all in on Chase Elliott to win, plus 250 for the race, plus 250 for the championship. I don't know that he would have had anything for Logano at the end as fast as Logano was. Um, I would have liked to see him have a chance. Things were kind of shaping up to look pretty good for him there. Um, if we'd have gotten a few restarts late there, I think maybe he would have had it a chance, but obviously he got shipped on the restart. We talked about that earlier. So not his day. I had Kyle Larson 15 to one talked about him already was kind of up there all day for 15 to one. I'll take it. And then two guys that I think we just got amazing value on. You'd never see these odds. Tyler Reddick and Kyle Bush, both 50 to one. I mean, when you're 50 to one driver finishes in seventh place in Kyle Bush. Yes. He wasn't up there all day, but seventh place at the end, not bad. And we talked about Reddick had a good day, top 10 through both stages and just, you know, wasn't there at the end after the spin um, that, that he was involved in. But at 50 to one on both those guys, they were worth little tiny sprinkles. Um, and then I had tossed out Elliot and Gregson both to win the championships plus a 50. I think I meant to say both of them to not win whatever you were going to get that at, but uh, Oh, well, <laughs> this man, as good of a season as we had, as nice as everything was, this, this last weekend, last two weekends, really, just didn't quite go our way. That's that's how it goes. I mean, it's it's gambling for a reason, obviously, and and that'll happen. But, uh, man, what a hell of a season we did have. I, yeah. It was a good one. It was. I mean, look, I, I was waiting for you to, 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 like, cry a little so I could consult. But, uh, <laughs> it was 40 to 1s and 25 to 1s hey. and 17 to 1s and 10 to 1s and – I think there was like a 30 to one in there. There was so many great hits throughout the season. And then, you know, pile on top of that matchups and group hits and, and top Fords and Fords to win and Chevy's and this and, and all these different bets. We, I mean, it really, it was an amazing season. If you're newer to the show or, or, you know, just caught on here at the end, it was a very, very fun season. Again, our first season doing this show, uh, it evolved throughout the year, adding, you know, we, when we started, we didn't have Xfinity. We didn't have trucks. Added all of it for all three series and had an absolutely amazing season. And, uh, man, just just can't wait to get to get back to the Coliseum next year and uh, get those bets back on the board and start doing it all over again. Indeed. And just like you said, this was our first season, man. This was this was us trying to figure out how to make this show into what it is now. And and you've you've been around for the growth process. You guys know. You, you have seen this show mature. You've seen it uh, be immature, and you've just seen it uh, in every phase of its uh, of its existence, and so it's been fantastic. Uh, just I had Ross Chastain to win this uh, at plus 400. Uh, obviously, he finished third, so, again, not a bad day for Chastain. He, he, just, he just didn't have it at the end. I mean, it, it, was, it was a great Cinderella story, but there was nobody that had anything for Joey Logano all day long, so, unfortunately... Um, for Chastain, it, it didn't work this time, but he'll be back again. I have a, I have a very good feeling that Ross Chastain is not gone anywhere uh, at all. So uh, we haven't yeah, seen the. I last think one. we're going to see plenty of Ross Chastain coming up. And another thing too, I wanted to say too is like, obviously my first year handicapping NASCAR, but I've been betting on NASCAR for a while. This was the hardest year to do it that we've seen, in my opinion, because I mean we had was it twenty different winners we ended up with plus Blaney in the all-star race. Like it was crazy unpredictable this season, which maybe helped us in a way because you get lucky on hitting some of those longer shots, but uh, it, it definitely was not easy. Uh, it wasn't just Max Verstappen winning every week, like on the F1 pod. We got to try and get creative to not throw out the minus 300 every week, but, uh, but it, it was a crazy season, a great season. Um, yeah. And it just, you know, crowned our champions and now we get to look forward to 2023 and doing it all over again put this one in the rear view as they say and uh, and move on to next season 2023 starts with the uh with the clash again at the coliseum we get one more of those before they probably try to figure out how to capitalize somewhere else on this but uh we do get one more clash so we begin next season obviously next episode but we also begin it knowing exactly what we're getting into not just on the track but as far as the show is concerned as well so 
We promise to continue to bring you some of the most entertaining, if not uh, accurate, picks that we can all season long because that's what you've grown to love about us, and that's what we've enjoyed bringing you. Yeah, exactly. And again, we're not going away for the off season. We'll be here. We're going to have episodes out every week, multiple episodes, most likely most weeks. Um, and just there, there's so much to talk about. So many driver changes, so many team changes, driver switching series, so on and so forth. We can kind of go back and recap the season. Then we can start looking forward to the new season and how we think drivers are going to do in their new homes. You know, all, all kinds of things to talk about. Like we said, odds are already starting to trickle out, so we can start hitting those. You got 500 odds. You got championship odds. Hopefully here in the near future, we'll have, you know, over-under wins, team wins, uh, different things like that, and other stuff that we can go over through the offseason. So don't go anywhere. You know, smash that subscribe button, as the kids say, and uh, and follow us through the offseason. It's a short one. Like I said, it's I think it's 102 days till the Daytona 500, and the clash is like two weeks before that, so it's right around the corner. It is very much so. So, um, all right, well, we put a bow on 2022. We'll put a bow on this episode, and uh, we'll come back again and hit it tomorrow. Uh, but before we go, why don't you let everybody know they can find you on social media? Yep, follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeb. Uh, cover some other sports and stuff for the sports gambling podcast as well when needed. So uh, I'll have some more football stuff, baseball stuff, basketball stuff, anything they want me to do. Uh, I'll have that out throughout the off season as well. And then NASCAR stuff again, as soon as we get back into that. So follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeb. Follow the show as well at NASCAR gambling. Hey, F1 is still a thing too, guys. So yes. Cody will have F1. We'll Cody be back with the F1, F1 gambling podcast. And even though Max Verstappen wins every race, <laughs> there are still ways to make money. We hit a, was it, eight to one, nine to one last race. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's, yeah, come check that out. We've got a couple, two, two races left, I think in the F1 season. Um, and so, yeah, fun stuff there. Wake up early on a Sunday morning and, and drink your coffee, set your fantasy football lineups, watch some F1, cash some bets, start the day. Doesn't get any better than that. Hell no, it does not. All right, well, we'll see you again for the next episode in a couple of days, if not tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's in between media, doesn't matter. It's all there. Twitter, RJ Gomez. Till next time, get in that Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review as we close the season up. Let, us, let the bosses know that you want us back for another one. But we'll be back again anyways, whether you like it or not. So until next time, let's go racing and let it ride. Yeah.